Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hey, welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. And today we're going to be discussing how to recognize if you're in an atmosphere of growth. And if you're a business owner, for goodness sake, your atmosphere better be growth. But let's talk about this. Now, here's some specifics on what a growth environment looks like. Number one, others, you must have others on your team that are ahead of you. You know, if you're the smartest one at the table, you're at the wrong table. You need to hire some people smarter than you. And there are people within my company that are much smarter than me. Now, when we take these certain tests, when we take tests where it gives you your level of expertise, then I'm I'm here, I'm here on a certain on certain few things, especially like setting the vision and motivation and stuff like that. But when it comes to other things, I'm here and other people are here. And uh, so you've got to have others ahead of you. And uh, we cannot be at the head of every group. We can't be ahead of everybody. Um, if, if you want to experience personal growth, uh, it does not look good to be number one in your group all the time, especially if you're a leader and you own a company, you're the, you're the, you're the head honcho, chief bottle washer, and you should belong to some other groups that you attend, and you should not be the smartest guy at that table. Matter of fact, you should be way down. If you want to continue to learn, you should be joining groups where people are way ahead of you. And you definitely don't want to be number one among your peers. Now, and we must drop the ego um, at the door. Uh, I, I joined this group one time. It was uh, I'm in Dayton, Ohio. I was down in Cincinnati, you know. So I drove 45 minutes to get to this group. And uh, when I, I was a I was a new member of the group, and someone had told me about it, and I called, and they did a lot of uh, question. They asked me a lot of questions, rather, and uh, I joined the group. Um, of course, I had one meeting to decide if I wanted to join the group, and uh, so I joined the group. And it was pretty expensive. It was a good, you know, it was supposed to be a really good group. And the first thing they told me when they got there, they, they spent five minutes with me before they put me to a table. And they said, um, we're going to set you at this table. And there's a lot of different people at your table. I mean, it was a table of about eight to 10 people. And there's going to be a lot of business discussions and you know, we'd like you to interject as, as much as you can, or at your first meeting, you can just sit back and listen. It's entirely up to you. But we just want you to be careful because you're not going to be the smartest person at this table, and you're definitely not going to be the wealthiest person at the table. So we just want you to be aware of that because you, you could be sitting next to a billionaire. So be careful what you say and how you act. And you know, as as many of these types of groups I belong to, there's always one or two people that 
just want to kind of speak out and brag about what they do. And, you know, so I could just imagine that, that someone sits at this table with a billionaire who's extremely wise and, and, and maybe founded a business from scratch and, and, um, or bought it when it was much a younger company and took it to this whole new level. And I could just imagine this person, you know, bragging about his two or $3 million company. So we de- we need to drop the ego. We need to realize that there are much smarter people that we can learn from out there and continue to learn. Because I think if you're in a growing environment, you enjoy learning. You never reach a point where you learned or learn it all. Um, you're constantly learning. Okay. And I, I can remember, um, and by the way, this goes for your, uh, mentors. This goes for your business coaches. And this goes for your board of advisors. You want to surround yourself with people who are smarter and ahead of you, who have accomplished more than you. And that's how you continue to learn. Now, there are definitely, I want to say there are certain groups that you should belong to that you can give more than take. And and those groups are fine, but you you need to be in those groups where you're taking some as well. And, and I'm sure you'll have some to contrib- something to contribute to, but you're a sponge in these kind of groups and you're learning, okay? And I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, even before I got started in business, um, I had someone that I, I just really looked up to. They had achieved a lot more than I have in my short life and probably more than... Um, anyone in my family had achieved. So I looked up to this person and I learned a lot from them. Uh, But I also realized as I continued to grow that I eventually surpassed that person. And you have to realize when you do that, because when you do that, and if that person is not in that growth, same growth environment or same growth mentality as you, that it's, you know, it's time to move on and find someone else to learn from. Uh, I just I just think that's fair because nothing against that person they do extremely well today but the but my growth mentality and and my motivation and what I want to accomplish and what my future self is going to be um, I had to move on to more mentors and so be aware of that you can only learn so much from someone and then move on to someone else, which I say it's a sponge. You drain it and you keep keep getting bitter, bigger sponges. Okay. And also, um, so the number one was others must be ahead of you. And uh, number two is you are continually to be challenged. If you're in a growth environment, you're continuing to be challenged. And you want that. Growth is rewarding but it's not easy. Everything worthwhile is uphill and you constantly are pushing uphill to get there. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it was easy, you'd get lazy and comfortable. If it was easy, it would no longer be fun and you'd move on to something where you were being developed more personally. So you must be Um, challenged 
And if you're being challenged, you know you're in a growth environment. If someone's not challenging you anymore, if you're not challenging your team, then they realize it's getting stagnant here. And it's probably time to move on unless they're comfortable, fat, and lazy, and then they'll stay with you and you're just going to be a stagnant company and nothing much is going to happen. Number three, your focus is forward, but don't forget the past. Now, there's a lot of people that will tell you, keep looking ahead and don't look in the past and don't get stuck in the past. And I totally agree with don't get stuck in the past, but realize your past got you here. You see, there's one key element of growth, and that's reflection. It's reflecting. It's learning from what experiences you've experienced and have had. And you're gaining insight for the future from your past. You know, we move in the direction we're facing, and we definitely want to continue to move forward. So we step forward into growth, and and we're we're not really going to look back and worry about the decisions we made yesterday. I learned a long time ago, don't dwell on something you said yesterday because, you know, the person you said it to is probably not thinking about you today or what you said, Um, especially if you're in a classroom setting. I've said some things in a class and I probably said something wrong. And I know I've said, I've listened to my podcast here and I go back and I go, why did I say that? I said the word wrong or I, I, I said the whole sentence wrong or, uh, but I'm not going to get stuck there. You know, we all say things wrong, no matter how smart you are, no matter how good your grammar is and how, how good you are at communication or how good you are at a podcast. I heard someone, uh, a podcast the other day, and this guy was extremely wealthy, a lot wealthier than me. And he he uh, pronounced the word wrong, uh, but he just kept going. Okay. We all do. But we don't get stuck there. I don't worry about what I said yesterday. And uh, But for as many things that I'd like to do different in my past, um, I would not be here if it wasn't for my past. So you can sit around all day and go, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have said this differently. I wish I would have tried this when I was younger. But, you know, if I would have tried a lot of things differently when I was younger, if I would have became a Marine Corps uh, helicopter fighter pilot, I might not even be here today. But if I would have, um, I might not have never met my wife, which means I would have never had uh, my family, my kids that I have which means I would have never had, maybe not had this business. So who knows? Everything worked for a reason. I'm I'm glad I did everything in my past because it, it made me who I am today. Um, I'm not proud of everything I've done in my past, of course, but it made me who I am today. And I've looked at even how I was raised and I could hold a grudge on some things that happened in my life, especially when my parents went through a divorce and things happened. But you know what? It made me who I am today. And it uh, helped me to help others who went through the same thing. So again, we it's give and take, and we contribute, and we learn, and we contribute, and we learn, and contributing to someone else's life 
is very fulfilling, which we're also going to continue to talk about here in a little bit. All right. So don't forget your past. And uh, Dan Sullivan says the only way to make your present better is by making your future bigger. Think about that. The only way to make your present better is by making your future bigger. So what do you think about? What do you vision for your future? Where do you want to be? So number four on my list is um, when you're in a growth environment, you're out of your comfort zone. And uh, personal growth requires uh, self-confrontation. It requires effort. It requires brutal honesty. Um, None or which are easy. The moment we make the decision to grow, we begin to step out of the comfort zone. And I'm going to tell you something. That comfort zone is very comfortable. You know, it's very comfortable. It's like it's like that bed early in the morning. It's warm. It's comfortable. It's cozy. However, you can, will, and should grow inside your zone to be able to expand outside that comfort zone and step out of it. And that's when things get exciting. If you're in a growth environment, you should wake up excited. And it's a road less traveled because very few people today wake up excited. Now, I've read the book a few times, um, but Viktor Frankl, he was, uh, for three years, he survived the worst of four Nazi concentration camps. Uh, he was, Him and his wife were, were taken there, um, and he found meaning in each moment and tomorrow. So um, his wife was killed the first day of the camp, and he decided that he was going to have to think different to survive, and think different he did. The first thing he did when he realized they killed his wife was he took off his wedding ring and he threw it. And he didn't do that because um, of not loving his wife. He loved his wife and it crushed him to find out that she was murdered, killed, thrown in the furnace, basically. Um, But he realized, uh, number one, if he got caught with the wedding ring, they'd cut his finger off and kill him. But He took off the wedding ring because if he just thought about her, it would kill him enough to to, um, put him into depression and he would die in the camp. So he had to think different. So here's what he said. Having faith in the future is the primary motivation for, for man in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Without it, One dies or falls into a vacuum, and the vacuum manifests itself mainly in a state of boredom and an inner emptiness or a void within oneself. And that's what he did in in these camps. They were unhuman, inhuman, terrible. These camps were terrible. Some people want to think they act like they didn't even exist, but they existed. It was, they were terrible. But he noted, he started noticing that the people that gave up and that had no hope died. They, it, it, and they died fast. So 
he he started thinking about things that um, what's one thing I can look forward to tomorrow? Just one thing I need to find something that I can look forward to tomorrow, because tomorrow in 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 reality is terrible, but I got to look forward to something. So they would dish out soup, and basically it was just water, a flavored water with maybe you might get one pea or one carrot, definitely no meat. And he said, I'm going to look forward to my soup tomorrow, and I'm going to hope for one one little pea or one little carrot in it. And that's what he would look forward to. It gave him hope. And then if he if he got one piece of bread, he wouldn't eat it all at once. He would... He would uh, keep some of it in his pockets and it would it would he would have hope to have another bite of bread later in the day i mean what do you have hope in what do you hope for do you wake up excited are you part of the road less traveled but i think we've put the book up there on the screen i challenge you to read that uh, it's 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 one of the best books Okay, part of waking up excited um, is to, um, when you wake up, you get up. And, and that's actually the Donald Trump philosophy. I've read most of his books prior to him being president. And when he wakes up, he gets up. There's no sense in rolling over and going back to sleep. So if he wakes up at 3 a.m., he just gets up and gets to work. And he's always been ahead of his competition in all his businesses because he does that. And... Uh, so when you wake up, you get up, and and also, um, if you're if you wake up excited, you know you can't wait to get into the office and get at it, and uh, you look forward to it. So that's something I took from the man's search for meaning is I I try to when I go to bed at night before I close my eyes I try to look forward to something tomorrow, no matter how big or small it is I look forward to it. So when I wake up, I'm I'm waking up excited and ready to go at it, and. Uh, also, mornings give you the opportunity to set a positive tone for your entire day. Okay, and number five, failure is not your enemy. Your attitude on failure or the attitude that your environment can determine whether the idea makes or breaks you um, should not be. So the major reason... Benjamin Hardy, who wrote the book 10 times with Dan Sullivan, he says the major reason people don't set huge goals is because they don't want to dis- disappoint themselves if they don't achieve the goal. Okay? So failure is not your enemy. Very successful people fail. And as Michael Jordan said, I missed thousands of shots, and that's why I'm successful. Because I made more than I missed. And as John Maxwell puts it, uh, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. So we're all learning from our failures. You know, don't take them so personal. Like I said, don't, don't, think, about, don't think about your failures forever. Learn from them and go on. And avoid that failure again in the future. The next one is others are growing. If you're in a growth environment, other people around you are growing. We become who we hang around, right? We've talked about that many times. 
you're surrounded by people who are on the same growth journey as you, then you will continue to grow and continue to learn. Uh, but if you're not, then you're going to get discouraged and you need to find a new growth group. Um, or you need a shot of growth in your company and you need to get people inspired and you need to get things happening. John Maxwell also said, when you're in a growth environment, now listen to this, when you're in a growth environment, everyone looks better. But if you leave that environment, you're not as good as you thought you were. Because in a growth environment, you are out of your comfort zone. So, I guess this is just my opinion, but let me share this with you because we've had some, uh, I know of, we've had some salespeople um, who, who were really good here. And for multiple different reasons, they're no longer with us. But when they left here, they weren't as good as they thought they were because they got into other companies who didn't quite have the growth environment that we have here at McAfee. And they looked really good here. And they closed a high, a high, pretty high percentage. We're closing a lot more today, but they closed a pretty good percentage of sales. But when they went to the other companies, and some of them now have been to multiple companies, they just can't find their niche because they lost the growth environment they were in. And when you lose your growth environment, you lose your energy. You lose your excitement. Especially if you, you weren't the one producing the growth environment, okay? So, When you're in a growth environment, everyone looks better. So keep that growth environment. You're the owner. You're the leader. Keep that growth environment going. Make everyone look better. Keep that energy going. Keep that environment going. Keep everyone out of their comfort zone. Someone said... Uh, this week I was talking to someone and we were talking about maybe the difference between the leader and a manager. And this is nothing against managers. Uh, there are some great, motivated, very loyal, high input managers. But the difference between a leader, founder, president, mover, shaker is when a manager looks at the schedule and they might see a few openings that need to be filled. They're concerned and they tell the team, let's get these filled. But if a leader sees that there's some openings and they have the opportunity to tell the team, they say it, they spit coffee out of their mouth and say, Get these filled now. I want them filled within the next half hour. And they're filled. As a matter of fact, they're probably 
filled within the next five minutes. But that's a mover shaker mentality. That's a that's a owner founder high growth mentality. But that's what's needed. That's what's needed in your business. That's what's needed in a high growth mentality as a leader is someone moving and shaking and pushing and spitting coffee for goodness sake. The last one we have here today is uh, if you're in a growth environment, people desire change. They don't want to get stagnant. They don't really want to be in a comfort zone. They desire change. Growth-oriented people do not resist change because they understand that growth is change. And I've mentioned this several times, but I worked at Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. At the age of 19, my father and grandfather both had worked there. My father had, or grandfather rather, had already retired. And my, my father still worked there. And it started in Akron, Ohio. That was the Rubber City and Firestone plant. My grandfather worked there for 40-some years. And, and my, my dad had already, you know, had um, probably close to 16, 17 years in at the time. Uh, Firestone transferred down here to Dayton. They owned the old Dayton Tire Company. They had a huge warehouse here. And instead of leasing it um, where we were in the Mansfield, Ohio area, they said, we're going to move to Dayton and take over that warehouse. And my dad said, we're going to be hiring about 100 people. You'll be in the first 15 if you want to go. So 19 years old, college wasn't in my sights. Absolutely, I'm there. Packed up my little pickup truck That's with all I had and moved to Dayton and uh, there's a neat story there, but I won't get into it right now. So um, I thought I would follow in their footsteps. But as I started working there and I, and I got the hang of it, uh, again, uh, it's just in my blood to be a mover shaker. So I loaded and unloaded a lot of trucks, tires. I was in the best shape of my life. It was before I went into the Marine Corps. But I was in I was in the uh, best shape of my life throwing tires. And But I noticed that the warehouse manager of the whole plant, of the whole uh, warehouse, you know, he would come out and say, you know, Greg, uh, good job. You know, you're loading, you're loading uh, two to three times more a day than anyone else. And when you're loading, the truck driver does most of the work. I just drive the forklift, count the tires on the skid, pull the pull it skid in there, they load, I go get another skid, and I figured out I could load two and three and sometimes four trucks at a time. With the right truck drivers, uh, we made it happen. While everybody else originally loaded one truck at a time. And if we were extremely slow, I'd jump off my forklift and I'd help them throw tires. That's not a problem. But And when it came to unloading, it was all um, me and a helper and we'd unload tires. But let's get back to loading. 
So he said, you're, break, you're breaking records here. And he said, uh, it's pretty cool. He said, I'm going to put a bulletin board up. And we're going to start measuring metrics. We're going to put metrics up here of, of just how, who loads what and how much is loaded per pound per a day. And my numbers were soaring. I mean, and to tell me that now we're competing. So now I went really excel. Well, we were the United Rubber Workers and, and nothing against unions, but it just... It deflates motivation and breaking records and any everything else. So the union filed a grievance. They didn't want that bulletin board out where anyone could see it anymore. And I was told frequently, slow down. You're making us look bad. Well, basically, that's called a rate buster. And when I looked up rate buster at one time, it's an employee who is highly productive and exceeds the formally agreed rate of output for the particular task, especially in many unions. Well, that was me. I was a rate buster. I busted rates. <laughs> and I'm still busting rates today in my own company. I mean, I'm the mover, shaker, make it thing, making things happen, right? And you should be too. I hope you are. So these people that I worked with there did not like change. And I was not among 99 other guys who wanted growth. It was not a growth environment. It was do the status quo, stay in your comfort zone, and don't get out of that. And you'll be fine here. Because you're also, when you do more, you're taking more work from us. And we're, we're going to get done way too fast. Okay, so these people did not want change, and so I had to leave. So I chose to, uh, I went ahead, that's when I joined the Marine Corps and served time, and then I served in the reserve, and Firestone actually held my job. So when I came back, that's when I took heating and air at night, worked at Firestone during the day, and that's when I took a 50% pay cut to get into heating and air conditioning from Firestone, and the rest is history. Read my book. You can find out the rest. But uh, growing people enjoy change. Growing people enjoy change. Now, I just want to say growth is modeled and expected for you in a growth environment. So it's modeled and it's expected. And if you're surrounding yourself with resources that foster your growth, then you'll continue to grow. But I also must say, avoid the naysayers because they're the ones that are either jealous or scared for you to try it. Okay, so you got to avoid those people. And you got to and you got to move on. Um, I just. I'm reading a book right now uh, with many other books I read, but I started reading it on audio. I started listening to it. I made a little trip yesterday and started listening to it. Um, peaks and Valleys. How to react when you're on the in the peaks and how to react when you're in the valleys. And um, the same person wrote it that wrote Who Moved My Cheese, Spencer. 
and I can't think of the name right now, but um, but they said in there that there's going to be people against you if you want to go to the peak that they also wanted to go to the peak at one time, but they didn't have the courage and they had a lot more fear than courage. So then they will talk you out of trying to do it because they didn't do it. And that happens a lot. So growth atmospheres require give and take. And this is what I said I'd get back to earlier. Growth atmospheres require give and take. You put a contribution as much as you learn from something. So you contribute as much as you take from a, a good, solid growth environment. And the rewards are actually higher for contributing than they are for taking. Everyone is on the plus side of giving in a, in a heavy growth environment. So they're excited to share. They're excited to say, hey, let's try this. They're, they're excited to do something different or do something faster. Remember, it used to be the big eat the small, now it's the fast, eat the slow. Okay? So they're excited to try to do something faster. What if we what if we do this before we go out and, you know, it's like for us at McAfee, let's let's make half of the duck custom ductwork before we go to the job. That way half of it's done and we're not waiting on it. See, that's that's getting faster. Now, if you continue to follow that procedure all the way through the job, you'll get done at least an hour or two quicker than waiting on custom ductwork that you should have already had made. So everyone is on the plus side of giving in a growth environment. And if you're not, you won't be welcomed in that environment because it's not just take. It's, it's give in a growth environment. Growers, if you're a grower, you'll inject humbleness in the mornings instead of ego because ego can ruin you. And, and as soon as you start getting good and people tell you you're good, which be careful not to believe all your all the PR, both both positive PR and negative PR. Be careful not to believe it all. And the only thing you want to believe is if it's actually true. But be careful injecting just just a little bit of ego each day adds up. And it'll take you under pretty fast because you're not that good. I'm not that good. In my little world, it's real easy to get a big ego when you've when you've built something from nothing and you've become number one and you're put up on a pedestal in many ways. It's real easy. But that pedestal can be tore down really fast, just as fast as faster than it took to build it. It'll be tore down really quick. So be humble or you shall stumble. Inject humbleness instead of ego. And that's what we're going to end with today. If you want to be in a growth environment, you've got to think differently. So before we wrap up, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Below, you can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because I'm going to keep 
motivating, helping you in leadership and in business as much as I can. Don't forget to like uh, or follow us rather on Instagram and Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. And be sure to tune in next week as we'll continue to challenge you and help you grow your business. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great day. God bless. And let's remember this July 4th, this Independence Day. And remember all those who died for our freedom. Make it a good one.